Great, and uh, welcome to our CC Talks uh, podcast. It's episode 22, and we've um, got a packed programme for it, but before we do that, we'll do our usual uh, register. So, uh, uh, James Powell. Hey, sir. Oliver Rogers. Hello, Mr. Metcalf. And Henry Powell. Yes, sir. Great stuff. We're all here, ready and ready to go, and um, yeah, looking forward to it. So, uh, first of all, now, I know, Oliver, you've been spending a bit of time on uh, looking at the sort of M&A and what's been happening in the club Transactions and uh, Sir Jim Radcliffe's been catching your uh, catching your eye. Yes, of course. the The founder and majority shareholder of the chemical powerhouse Ineos, of course, the, mm. the sponsors of the the cycling uh, team. Mm-hmm. He currently already owns FC Lausanne um, in Switzerland. They're currently in the second division. Right. Um, you might have heard in the media he's. He's previously made an offer for Chelsea and reportedly had an interest in Manchester United as well. Um, but, mm. but reports are at the moment that he's looking at adding Nice, who are, who are in Ligue 1 at the moment, oh, um, nice. to his, to his yeah. portfolio. Um, in a deal worth around £90 million. Pounds. Okay, yeah. So that's what, what Sir Jim's up to at the moment. Yeah, interesting, because he's, uh, he's resident in Monaco now, isn't he? So uh, it's, it's handy. It's, it's handy. And uh, he's obviously got a bit of experience with the, with the Swiss team, and I think his brother handles the sort of the sports entities uh, uh, with that. So uh, you know that that's uh, that's useful. And um, I know, yeah, there has been talk of him. I think he did put a, a bid in, or certainly a, a rumor of a bid going into uh, into Chelsea um, to uh, substantial as well. Uh, but of course, he's a Manchester guy. Um, so uh, you know. yeah, I, I was surprised hearing about that because he he, all, he also regularly attends Chelsea matches yeah, yeah, yeah. despite being a boyhood Manchester United fan. Yeah, I, uh, yeah it sounds like it's it's a convenience factor. Yeah, London base. So, but, yeah, yeah. so you, if he's in Monaco, well, I might as well buy these. <laughs> um, if I'm you know if I'm in my uh, apartment or house in London, I you know I'll go to Chelsea. Um, so yeah, it, it's a strange. He's clearly very very interested in sport because I think you said. Um, uh, Oliver, that he's he's done all sorts of, of fancy, exciting, extreme sports. Mm, yeah, he's uh, a triathlete as well. Yeah, I think, uh, and you know so. he loves his cycling, mm. obviously, which explains why he's bought um, Team Ineos. What was also interesting is I saw an article earlier this week about him perhaps talking to Dave Brailsford about you know going beyond just managing the the cycling to mm. to actually managing his whole sports portfolio. Um, so that, yeah, I think I think it's really interesting. He's clearly he's got a lot of money. Mm. He's 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 interested in sport, but I think he's really interested in the strategy, and yeah. the tactics of sport. You know, he's been involved in the past with mm. America's Cup. And, mm. Absolutely, and, yeah. And, 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 and that yeah, competitive, so. that competitive, you know, yeah. competitive advantage of yes. of uh, of working there. And and you know what? I think it would be good if he he got into yeah, an English I, club. I think it would be refreshing. And mm. uh, you know, um, it doesn't matter really who it is, but I think the Premier League would welcome him. Yeah, and uh, you know. Yes, he has the funds, but more, he probably has the the intelligence and the strategy with people around him. And as you said, he's passionate about um, yeah about sports and, uh, and activities. One thing you've got to be a bit careful of is that uh, I remember when Sir Clive Woodward went into Southampton, mm. and they thought that they could take you know, some of the principles that he put in place in, in yeah. England, winning the World Cup in two thousand and three, and sort of instill them within a foot. And it was, I mean. Yeah, Harry Redknapp was manager of South Africa. Okay. I mean, yeah, the, the two things is sort of oil and water a bit, isn't yeah. it? Time's yeah. gone past. Really. Yeah, uh, but it didn't work out for whatever reason, and so I don't think you should make assumptions that that you know he can come in or he can bring Dave Brailsford in and they can employ marginal gains and it's going to mm. make a, a big difference. But 
yeah, I think I think it's more likely to work than perhaps it was with Sir Clive Woodward. I think he was sort of left by himself and sort of you know left to hang a little bit. In yeah, the, and it was early days yeah. with with the with the area. I mean, nowadays there is a lot more intelligence with respect. It's more scientific. It's now. more scientific yeah, as well yeah. within 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 sport, but also within football. So I think you could probably tie up you know tie up much better now with the timing. So uh, well, yeah, we'll watch that. I mean, certainly the 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 niece. I mean, it is. I think it's fairly imminent. So we'll uh, mm-hmm. we'll watch that space and. and uh, and see if you can get in and get active for the uh, the remaining of the transfer window. We we were trying to think why he might be going for a League One club rather mm. rather than a Premier League club. Um, so if you look at the the actual average revenues co- compared between the Premier League and League One, it's uh, two hundred and sixty five million euros versus eighty two million euros. Mm. This is from Deloitte's annual football report. Right, very, very useful report. Some good information on there. Um, and if you then also look at the average squad values, that's four hundred and forty million to one hundred and sixty-eight million pounds. Yeah, pounds that yep. is. But it doesn't matter for the purposes of this yes. ratio, which yes. is revenue to squad value. Yes. Um, now this ratio will give some sort of indication on how much risk an, o- an owner will have to 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 take with intangible uh, cost investments. Yes. Um, now, the actual ratio works out at 0.6 for the Premier League to yes. 0.49 for League 1. Mm-hmm. So that means they have a higher revenue um, compared to their intangible fixed costs or, yes. their, or their squad value as opposed to League 1. So that yeah. would suggest that in the French League that they're having owners are having to make less of a risk mm. because they're spending less on, on, on these costs. Yeah, in compared to their revenue, in comparison yeah. to their revenue. So, so you're suggesting that um, that there's certainly on on that comparison, and it's obviously it's a it's a limited comparison, but a very useful one. Mm. That that maybe there's there's some value to be had in in buying a French club rather than a, a Premier League club. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, obviously that just looks at averages, and the the top yes. teams in the Premier League, for example, will have a very different. Um, revenue to squad value yep. ratio to somewhere towards the bottom but it's it's definitely interesting to think about yeah and that risk analysis is something that you should take into account whenever you're buying a, a, a business i mean you obviously you've got to look at what the capital appreciation upside potential might be mm-hmm. um, and you might argue that that's potentially higher in the premier league but it comes at a at a higher risk um, than than you know maybe getting a league on uh, club so, uh, although I suspect that's not what's motivating him, I think it's you know it's a short helicopter flight from his pad in Monaco to yeah, to the same yeah. in Nice. And, um, but it's a it's a really interesting point. Interesting. Isn't it? I mean, there must be some value in 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 league in French League One somewhere. Yeah. And maybe we should just do a little bit of analysis and just see what the you know the, the really good value clubs are. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's also interesting because the the. Yeah, we were talking last week about City Football Group and their strategy of, and you know, and at the end of the day, okay, he's got Switzerland. He'll hopefully get France. You know, he will ultimately, I think, get a, an English club, and that'll add to the stable, and then you you go on from there. But of course, remember, right now, while we're in the middle of this Brexit situation, you know, the pound, the sterling's low. So although he's not affected, though, as going into 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 the euro, but there is an opportunity where people should be. Also capitalising on on English clubs because the sterling's low and yeah. yes. But I think I think certainly foreign investors and we're hearing when we're talking to some of our clients that there is still this element of nervousness around what's going to happen. You know, so uh, so I think you know it, it'll it'll be great for there. Of course, the league mm. has several overseas investors that have gone in, um, and uh, and you know, Marseille as well is uh, you know. So there's there's various foreign investors 
going into the European clubs, um, you know, there's a, it's also it's it's you know, obviously a, a more cost effective way of getting into the football over there. Yeah. Um, but as James said, I'm sure it's partly locality. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, the, the training. It's, it's more cost effective. Less fuel in his helicopter. <laughs> yeah. So good. Stuff. Uh, good. Yeah. No. Well done. That's a good. Uh, good. Uh, good point. Right, well, we're in the uh, middle of the, uh, well, well on in the transfer window, but we've still got under, just under three weeks still left, uh, obviously, for uh, activity to take place. And there's been uh, plenty going on. Oliver, I know you've been keeping an eye on it, and one, uh, one particular team uh, has been uh, jumping out. So do you want to run us through that? Yeah, West Ham have been particularly active, just generally in the last year, actually. Um, they've, they've broken their transport record uh, three times in the last 12 months under Pellegrini, mm. um, most recently being yesterday uh, with Sebastian Haller, um, the striker, with yep. a deal, uh, in a deal worth up to £42 million, um, in add-ons. Mm. And the first thing that came to my mind when I, when I read that news was very unsavoury scenes from the beginning of last year um, with fans surrounding the directors' yeah, box and start, you know, mm. um, gesturing their hands and mm. shouting at David Gold. Um, mm. Yeah, very unsavoury scenes, but obviously their their activity recently doesn't seem to match up with up to what the fans were complaining about. So, what what do you think about West Ham's general tactic at the moment? Well, they're spending money. The question is whether they're spending it wisely or not. That's the that's the big question, isn't mm. it? Uh, mm. you know, is this a reaction to, to the to the supporters? Um, I mean, it's easy, you know, as for Premier League club, it's so easy to spend money, mm. you know. But the, the 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 trick here is to spend it well and to get to get great players. I yeah, I, I have to say that that I'm not I'm not convinced, really, by the the um, the transfer strategy mm. at, at West Ham. I just don't think they've bought particularly well. Um, in the last few years, um, you know their best players, you know players like Declan Rice, for instance, have, have come through, you know, through the academy and uh, homegrown talent. Mm-hmm. Um, players that they bought in um, have not performed particularly well, and mm-hmm. we don't know what's happened with Anatovic. You know, he's obviously gone to China now, but there's yeah something wasn't right there. Yeah, um, you know, yeah. he was a very talented player. Yeah, very intelligent player, um, and uh, you know. There's something, there's something in my view, something still not quite clicking at West Ham. I, it's just not, you know, seamless, not holistic. There's something not quite right. It's like ironic using the word holistic because that was part of the reason why Pellegrini, who I think is a very good manager, was brought into Man City after Mancini. That they needed somebody that would actually bind the help bind the mm-hmm. club together mm. at all levels, from you know, play you know, how they play on the pitch through to how they buy players and how they identify players. It's not there yet, yeah. I don't think, with West Ham. I think they spent a lot of money on Haller. Um, we'll see, we'll see. It, it, it's it's, a, it's a, an ongoing project, um, but you just feel that if a few games go awry, you know, they start losing a few in a row, that the, the fans will still be um, uh, upset, it, despite the fact that they spent a lot of money on yeah. the ownership. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I still rate Pellegrini. I still think he's a very good coach. Yeah, but nowadays we, we can't expect that holistic input to all no. come from from Pellegrini. No. You'd expect no. some management. Well, when he was up. brought into City, you see, you've got, you've got Cheeky, who was obviously the director. I mean, the, yeah. the structure yeah. around Pellegrini was the sort of the, in some respects, not quite the final 
part, the final cog mm. in the machine, but it, it, it not far off because actually Pep ended up being, being that. And actually, if you look at the, 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 Man, the Man City machine now, it's, yeah, it's, it's incredibly impressive. So if Pellegrini's coming to, to, to West Ham to, to lead that, then that's not what he did at City. Um, you know, he, he needs to be one right. of the cogs. Yeah. So I think it's yeah. the other cogs that, that are missing yeah. at yeah. present. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and so I think he's going he's gonna to find it difficult. Mm. Mm. Well, we'll, well have to wait, wait and see with that. See, see how, how yeah. it plays out. And and there's few other teams about that have been uh, been spending some money and obviously making some sales. So it'll all it'll all balance through. But it's going to get a it's going to be a busy because it's it's remember quite a few of the teams have been away on their, their foreign training camps. Some of them obviously been in China. So uh, you know, I mean, obviously transfers and things have still been going on. Uh, you know, around that and, and with that. But uh, I think there's going to be still a lot more activity happening over the next. Uh, two or three weeks so we'll keep people covered on that um, now obviously also interesting talk about people spending money and clubs spending money um, there's uh, the old thing of Harry Maguire I mean uh, we've got to talk about Harry we have to talk about Harry and uh, there's uh, you know I mean uh, 80 million is, is you know Leicester have said look we will sell and Harry's intimated that he, he's, he wants to leave yeah. but you know they were wanting to try and break the record and they, they put a figure originally of 90 million on I think anything above 75 so they can be the record breakers, which yeah. okay. I mean, well, we, we, we're going to do we're going to do a little paper, right? Uh, Excellent. Uh, Henry, yeah. Henry's in the, in the process of writing the paper, which will go up uh, on our social media, brilliant, um, and maybe further afield about you know just how good is Harry Maguire, mm-hmm. um, and I mean just to give them a flavour of that, Henry, you know, what, what's um, what's Harry Maguire's um, Cartier rating at present? At present, uh, for last season, it was three one two point seven. Okay. And so how does that then, because that's, that's an absolute figure, so that shows objectively how good he performed last season, um, his con- the contribution that he makes to, in his, in his case, Leicester winning football matches. So, um, so what, how does that compare to other, other centre-backs in the Premier League last season? So we should start with um, the best one in the Premier League, uh, Otamendi. You, you know, <laughs> no, let's start with Van Dijk. Okay, so how does that compare with Van Dijk mm. at Liverpool? Well, Van Dijk got three eighty point six. Right, so there's still a, there's still a gap, isn't there? So it's it's big difference. Yeah, and, and and what what about others? Who who else have we got on our on our little shortlist? Well, we've got four United and four City. Yes, which are the big big ones because Harry Maguire's been linked to both of them. He has. Yeah. So, uh, well, Eric Bailly, he didn't really play much, but he, when he did play, he got a rating of one seventy eight point eight. Oh dear. Which is very low. Yes. Uh, Phil Jones got two five nine point one. Okay. Uh, Smalling got two seven four point one. Okay. And Lindelof got two eight six point nine. So that suggests that the 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 best centre back for United last year was Lindelof. Yeah. And but he's still some way mm. short of Maguire. So on the face of it, Maguire could improve uh, Manchester United. Yeah. On that basis. So what about the City players? Well, you had company with three one one point four. Okay, so just remind us. So that's that's about the same as. Mm. Yeah. As uh, as Maguire. Okay. One point three. Yeah. Less, but yeah. very close still. Well, you had the ports as well, but yes. he was he was mixing between centre back and left back throughout the season. Brilliant at both. Yes, yeah, <laughs> he did play very well. Well, um, he got three. Three six nine point one. Okay, so that is uh, is quite a bit better actually than than, yeah. than Maguire. Yeah. 
then he goes Otamendi. Yes. Uh, who you call the best in the yeah. league, but he's not. Not no. not very. Uh, not according to the cadre, cadre yeah. rating, yeah. What, what was it? 284.5. Okay. Mm. Okay. And then he had the John Stones with a 299.4. Yes. Okay, so that, that's a little bit closer. So, I mean, those ratings are, are useful because it shows, it allows you to compare one player against another objectively, mm. so it cuts out all the noise. Um, but, of course, you don't buy based on points. It's not like, it's not like your Nectar card at Sainsbury's, is it? Um, so you, you, you obviously you, you've got to spend money so what we're able to do of course is we can work out an intrinsic value for Harry Maguire and we can work out three effectively in this case so his intrinsic monetary value at Leicester okay which how much was that? 49.35 million okay so 49 million and then what about for Manchester United and Manchester City? Uh, United was higher yes that was 73.36 yep and then City's was just over higher than United's at 76.42. Okay, so what that shows is that if Maguire plays for, well, what Leicester have got to do is they've got to try and beat 49 million, okay? Because that's his value, that's his monetary value in use. That's the pivotal amount. So Mm. if if Manchester United or Man City come in and offer less than 49 million, less than 50 million effectively, then they might as well hold on to it because he's much more effective um, than, than if they sold it. Mm-hmm. If they offer more, then you've got to look at, well, how much more? And what you then need to do, what you then need to do from, from Leicester's perspective is you then need to, to, to then determine, well, what would his intrinsic value be for Manchester United and for, for Manchester City? Um, and so they're about 75 million, which suggests that if you can get 75 million for Leicester, from Leicester, that's good value. It's probably good value for Manchester United as well. Um, but if you can try and push Man United higher to 80 million, which is what's been speculated, or 85 even, then if you're Leicester, you're doing incredibly well out of that deal. But of course, they're then going to get a replacement in. So, so yeah, it's really interesting to look at how he compares to other players, plus what you know, what his monetary value, you know, how this should operate in in the uh, you know in the transfer window from a monetary perspective. Okay, so sticking with uh, Quant, let's move on to uh, to managers. And one of the rumours that uh, has actually turned out not to be a rumour, uh, to many people's surprise, is, uh, is Steve Bruce uh, taking over uh, the, the manager's role at uh, Newcastle. So, uh, yeah, Oliver, I know you've been running some some uh, some coverage of this. And, uh, hey, one thing I will say is, yeah, make make most of it, because Jack's away. Yeah, J- so. Jack's back next week, so, uh, so we've got to make the most of this. Exactly, was, yeah. was he there, just as a matter of interest, was, was Steve Bruce their first choice? Uh, no, I think uh, <laughs> according to reports that I read, he was about 12th or 11th. <laughs> 11th or 12th. Um, and several people, including Alan Shearer, said, don't take it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know you've got somebody from uh, one of his ex-players has come through and, uh, and supported. So, hey, it's yeah. interesting. He obviously, I think they got whooped 4-0 uh, over in China mm-hmm. uh, just as he flew out. So, uh, he's, yeah, he's got a job on, but um, you know, he'll mm-hmm. roll his sleeves up. So uh, what have you been finding out, uh, Oliver? Well, I guess I wanted to get to the root of, of all of this negative reaction mm-hmm. um, that, that's that been met with the, the Newcastle fans to this signing. Um, Andy Robertson, obviously formerly of, of, of Hull, when yeah. Steve yeah. Bruce was there, uh, leapt to his defence saying, for me, he's a fantastic manager and his record speaks for itself. I know all the backroom staff going with him and I hope he, he and they prove a lot of people wrong. Mm. Um 
Well, essentially, it's Newcastle being disappointed that they've lost a world-class manager in Rafa Benitez. Is mm. Steve Bruce up to the job of, of keeping Newcastle at a, at a similar level? If you look at Bruce's total Premier League record over his many, many jobs in the Premier League, if you look at his average number of points um, per season, it's 42.6. Okay. Um, mm. Now, you'll probably, just from hearing that figure, yep. you'll know generally it's enough yep. to stay above the re- relegation zone. Um, yep. Just looking at the last few seasons, you'd need 35, 34 and 35 to, yes. to finish above that zone. Right. So... Yep. His record comfortably is a Premier League... Ma- he's, he's effectively a Premier League manager, um, yes. keep, keeping the team in the Premier League. But again, going back to Newcastle, they believe that they're a bigger club than just a Premier League team. They think they should be, what, at least in the top 10, maybe in the top 7. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Being in the top 7, in, uh, which would qualify for Europe, you'd need 58, 55 and 62 points. So Steve from the last three seasons, yeah, yeah. Well, well short of that. So so yeah. he is well short of that. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd say that's fairly interesting. And, and you did it. I mean, again, you just very basic stuff, but you did it sort of goals for goals against, and you know his his goals against are, are, are higher than by some margin than his goals um, for. Yeah, uh, which suggests that he's um, he's not particularly. Attacking and well, I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting to know what Kevin Keegan's were, for instance, when when he was at uh, yeah, um, at, at, at Newcastle. But yeah, it hasn't filled it hasn't filled Newcastle fans mm. with uh, no, because obviously, uh, of course, yeah. there's this, I mean, you know, there's the Sunderland connection um, yeah. from from uh, previous management, and uh, but he's a you know he's a he's a northern guy, and I mean, his, his parents are still there, and so he's 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 got uh, you know he's got connections with the northeast, uh, but yeah, the fans are going to give him a tough time, and. Uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see whether he actually gets any. Any, I mean, there's rumours going on, uh, players coming in. Uh, there's talk of Mike Ashley giving him some some form of budget. Mm-hmm. He's got a bit of money of transfers going out. You know, only little stuff. Uh, you know, but uh, uh, you know, we'll see because uh, uh, if he's got to strengthen the the, the squad um, to at least start the start the season properly. So yeah, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a, at least they've got a manager. And they're off and running. Yeah, but, uh, I, I hope they don't go too hard on him because obviously it's not Steve Bruce's fault. Um, the club are in a bit of a mess and oh, they've think, got a manager below yeah, what, they, what they'd really want. I think he's long enough in the tooth now and experienced enough to, uh, you know, to, to roll with that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he's probably got over being sacked by uh, Aston Villa as a championship club. But it probably feels better that he's, he's moved from a, another champion, mid-table championship club to uh, a Premier League club. Yes. Yeah. My ironic way of saying, mm-hmm. yeah, he's probably about number eleven on the list, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the next uh, Newcastle Sunderland match should be should yeah. be interesting. Yeah, with... be, it'll have to be in the cup, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. If it ever happens in the next few years. Next few seasons, exactly. Yeah. Good. Right, okay, I know a lot of people look forward to this. This is our Mourinho Minute, which always is more than a minute, but it's the Mourinho Minute. And, um, yeah, he's got a bit of time in his hands. So what's he been doing now, Oliver? So, in between his slots in in punditry for BN Sport, um, he's obviously mentioned a few times that he wants to return to management, but he's, he's for some reason, dropped it in an interview that he's learning to speak German again. Um, What do you think? Could he be trying to test the waters for the German League? I think he might be going to uh, to Switzerland. 
<laughs> Possibly, who knows? He speaks, yeah, he speaks several languages, obviously. Yeah. In Vienna. But, um, yeah, and so you think that he's, uh, he's lining up a German club? I mean, this, 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 I mean I, I, these I, rumours yeah. about Bayern Munich still don't go away, do they? But uh, um, I, I still think it'd be great at Bayern Munich. He, he, you know, he'll, want to, he'll want to have another go at the Champions League, mm-hmm. won't he? So it's going to have yeah. to be a... But is it late in the? I mean, is it late mm. in the day to go in now? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's. Uh, yeah, I would have thought so. I mean, you know, we, well, we it's just... probably still okay. Yeah, it's not, yeah. not far. No, yeah. No. I mean, you know, Bayern Munich, of course, have you know, their own way of recruiting players, um, which you know is done by a sort of a recruitment committee, a group. Um, so you know, Mourinho may have some input in that, but you know, it's not a case of you know, Bayern Munich give it all to the manager to determine who, who he's going to, who's going to be brought in. So that process, you know, that recruitment process and trading process is already ongoing. Mm-hmm. So Mourinho could come in to that relatively seamlessly, um, whereas at other clubs it would be more difficult and it would be a bit late in mm. the day. The thing is yeah. with Mourinho, he likes it his way or the highway, essentially, though. He wants full control of, of transfers. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. pretty much. Yeah, he'll have some ideas about who he, who he wants. And, but if, you know, if, it's, if it's a three-year deal, you know, if you went to um, Bayern Munich, you'd, you'd think you'd at least win the Bundesliga in the first year. And mm. then second year, you know, he's got more important. He can mm. then think about having a proper go at the Champions League. Yeah, and Georges, has George, obviously, you know, George is his main man. Has he, has he done much in, uh, in the German football? I mean, uh, probably not, actually, I would have thought, but... Uh, it's a new opportunity. Exactly, well, that's exactly. what I was thinking. So, and, his, and his children have been teaching him how to use social media as well, uh, obviously, from what we hear. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, reports of him FaceTime calling Dundalk's manager uh, following their victory against Riga um, in the Champions League. Um, so I I don't know. Depending on on how negative you are, you could view that as him having a kind heart or an excellent PR mind. Well, does he does he know him or did he just uh, just feel ring by mistake? Yeah, or... I'm gonna say why, why <laughs> he must he must know him or from from the reports it just seems to be completely Random. by surprise. Yeah, out, oh, out of the blue. Well, what it is smart though is at least he's used FaceTime, so at least you can see that it's really him. Because if you were doing an audio call, then you'd say this is there's no way this is Jose Mourinho. Well, good thinking. And, uh, yeah. So you get over that. So yeah, yeah. I good mean, yeah, some thoughts gone into it. Good, good. Well, okay, and uh, well, thanks. That's uh, Mourinho minute, and um, I'm sure there'll be more to talk about uh, next week. So, uh, uh, what? Let's go for the quote. Now, uh, we've going, we're going, we're going up. Obviously, Jack's back with us next week, and uh, uh, we know that Chelsea is, is is no longer with us. So, uh, what have we got? We've got a quote from Isaac Newton. Exactly. Um, well, from my physics background, I thought I'd I'd bring in some scientific element for this. Well done. Well done. Um, so. If I have seen further than others, it is by standing upon the shoulders of giants. Excellent. Very prophetic. Yes. Sir, um, Sir what, what, what do you read from that, James? Um, I don't recall seeing that in the, uh, in the Big Short or Moneyball. Yeah, that's, that's true. The... And, and I, I, heard, I heard the quote, but I, and, and I didn't know it was Sir Isaac Newton, but it was, if you want to see further than a giant, stand on their shoulders. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, so similar. Just similar. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And now I know where it came from. So yeah. thank you for that. Uh, the great poet, Sir Isaac Newton. Yeah, very good. And uh, well, I think is, is that the wrap, guys? Is anybody else any more so. things? Like? Well, good. Well, thanks. Uh, uh, some interesting discussions. Obviously, a lot of things going on. Topical with uh, with the transfer window, as there always is. 
and uh, we'll have more news on that. The Quant guys have been busy with uh, not only Player World and uh, Henry and all that, uh, so we'll have more, I'm sure, for, for next week with some uh, confirmed moves, and maybe we'll see Maguire uh, settle in. Um, and, um, of course, we've got you know the club friendlies going on, tour games going on, so uh, um, we're how, literally a few, few, few weeks away from the first of the Football League, which is Luton versus Middlesbrough on the 2nd of August. And then uh, and that's the championship kicked off. And then we've got, obviously, newcomers Norwich who are kicking off the, uh, the Premier League season with uh, an away trip to, uh, to your team, uh, Henry, to, to Liverpool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, good. Plenty of things to look forward to. So, uh, thanks, guys. We look forward to everybody. As we always say, uh, good luck with everything you're doing. And, uh, and we will be back with you next week. 